brought to you by Charity Mobile, the phone company that shares your values. More information is available at CharityMobile.com. I hope you're having a pleasant Saturday so far, or if you're watching this on Sunday, then you're having a good Sunday. Today I have for you something from Cardinal Gerhard Mueller. He gave an address in Poland commemorating an important anniversary in the liberation of that country during the Cold War. And this address happened to coincide with the Assumption of Mary, the Feast of the Assumption. And it's about Our Lady and her role in the social order and in the role she plays, of course, in the most important order of all, that relationship we have with our blessed Lord Jesus Christ. It's it's short and to the point, which is refreshing, honestly. So without further ado, I'm going to let Cardinal Gerhard Mueller explain to you our relationship with Our Lady, Our Lady's relationship with her son, and what we can expect when we invoke her name to combat the ills we see in the society all around us at this time. I hope you enjoy this. Dear Bishop Rumald, Dear brothers and sisters in Christ the Lord, Mary is the most important person in the history of salvation after Jesus, the Son of God and the only Savior of the world. Through her yes word in response to the angel's message, she became, in faithful readiness, the mother of the eternal Son of God. Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be done according to, to me according to your word. See the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verse 38. From Mary, the eternal word who, with the Father and the Holy Spirit, is the one God, assumed our human nature. And we know that in Jerusalem, Jesus' destiny was fulfilled. Here on Mount Golgotha, he gave his life for the salvation of the world. And here the resurrection from the dead took place, through which God revealed himself as the God of life. Christ, the Son of Mary, took our sufferings and death upon himself and conquered these powers of calamity once and for all. Christ revealed the mystery of his person and mission by saying, I am the resurrection and the eternal life. He who believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live, and whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. See the Gospel of John, chapter 11, verse 25. Mary is a historical figure, a true human being a daughter of Israel, but what she is for Jesus and what she means for us, his church, until today, cannot be interpreted with mythological metaphors or existentialist supratemporal truths. It is decisive to understand her in the horizon of God's plan of salvation, which he realized historically in Jesus Christ. With regard to Mary and the whole church, the word of God in the mouth of the prophet Zechariah applies. Rejoice and be glad, O daughter of Zion, for behold, I come and dwell in your midst. See Zechariah chapter 2, verse 14. In Mary, the eternal Son of God takes on our flesh and dwells in her womb for nine months. She feels him under her heart. When the eternal Son of the Father was born of the Virgin Mary as a human being, he came forth from his holy dwelling and became visible in the world as true God and true man. Jesus Christ, the God-man, remains present in the midst of his chosen people and all peoples who join his universal church to be the one family of God. Mary is also the archetype of the church. She is the most outstanding and exemplary disciple of her son. She is the shining example for us in our love for God above all and in our love for our neighbor as for ourselves. After the risen Lord had seated himself at the right hand of the Father, 
On the day of Pentecost, he sent the Holy Spirit upon the apostles, who, with Mary, the mother of Jesus, had prepared themselves for this event at the beginning of the history of the church. The Council Fathers at Vatican II, in their description of Mary's task in the economy of salvation, conclude with these words. Finally, the Immaculate Virgin, preserved intact from every stain of original sin, having completed the earthly course of life, she was assumed body and soul into the heavenly glory, and exalted by the Lord as Queen of the universe, to be more perfectly conformed to her Son, Lord of the universe and victor over sin and death. See Lumen Gentium, paragraph 59. Therefore, as members of the body of Christ, pilgrims to the heavenly Jerusalem, we may address our petitions to her, for she is with Christ in heaven. At the head of the heavenly communion of all the saints, she unites herself to our prayers. Thus she commends ourselves, our families, our nation, all peoples, and the whole church to God the Father, through her Son and the Holy Spirit. The liturgical and private de devotion to Mary, from whose womb the salvation of the world is born to us, clearly proves to us that there is no relationship with God past the visible church, the body of Christ. He can no longer have God for his father who does not have the church for his mother. Say, see De Unitate Ecclesia, paragraph 6. This is how St. Cyprian, Bishop of Carthage, put it against all those who haughtily or even disappointedly, because of the human weakness of their representatives, separate themselves from the church their mother. The church as the bride and body of Christ and temple of the Holy Spirit is the sacramental presence of the word of God, who from Mary took on our flesh and pitched his tent among us. The greatest inclusion of all history occurs here. Mary is the real symbol and eternal paradigm of the fulfillment of the will of God, who always wants our salvation and happiness. But if nothing happens in the world without the will of God, why do we address prayers and petitions to him at all? Why would we strengthen our prayers to God with the intercession of Mary and all the saints? The answer is very simple, because God created us human beings as beings with reason and free will. Our relationship to what is happening is neither fatalistic nor titanic as with Prometheus, who wanted to take the reins from the hands of the gods, or as with the devotees of the hammer and sickle, who wanted to build paradise on earth without God with their limited human understanding. God our Savior wants all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. See 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 4 but by allowing us to turn to him with confidence in our everyday concerns and in our great hopes, he gives his creatures the dignity of cooperation in building the kingdom of God, the kingdom of peace, love, and freedom. God does not abolish the creaturely causes, but he directs everything to good in the end with the help of our prayers. We know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love him. See Romans chapter 8 verse 28. If Poland regained unity as a state after 123 years of violent separation, if its army won victory in 1920 against the superiority of Soviet invaders, and if Poland from 1939 to, 18, to 1989 survived various hostile policies, exploitation, and servitude by the two atheistic dictatorships with God's help, then with this triple miracle on the Vistula is important to the intercession of Mary, whom millions have implored as the Queen of Poland. You were Poland's queen from time immemorial, Mary. Pray for us, Mary. Reach your hand to the blind. To those who suffer, who run out of strength, shorten the agony. Protect your kingdom, Mary. You were under the cross of your son, Mary. You suffered so much, Mother Mary. You saw the dying of your son. Ask for the res resurrection of hearts. Give perseverance in the faith, fathers of faith, Mary. You were Poland's queen from of old, Mary. Pray for us, Mary. Take under your hat the whole country. It lives for your glory. 
May the land prosper, Mary. And that was Cardinal Gerhard Mueller's address, or rather homily, that he gave in Poland just this past week on, of course, the major a major feast day. He gave this to, was delivered in front of the Bishop of Warsaw, Bishop Romold Kaminski. And this was celebrated in Oslo to commemorate an, a major anniversary of the repulsion of the occupiers of the Cold War in Poland. And of course, this was also published about a week ago on the Feast of the Assumption. So it was very timely. And I think Our Lady and the, the her intercessory role to her son, that relationship is something we should consider and invoke more often than we probably do. I'm curious what you thought of this, so let me know in the comments. Please like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help. And as always, pray for the Church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.